All right, and we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. Podcast of the Beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing good. Deadly. Today, the long-awaited Power Slave. I know, we've been like saying we're going to do Power Slave for like weeks now. We yeah. finally get around to it. I've been listening to the album a lot. I have the vinyl. Um, I do. I have the, the new vinyl. I was looking on Discogs, the original. Yeah. Is there any difference in sound quality? Probably not. Sometimes there's big differences, but I don't really... I just... Like, to me, it doesn't make a difference. I'm just collecting them, you know, just to have them. <laughs> because you want them. Um, yeah, well, so I've yeah. listened to it a ton on vinyl and yeah. a lot digitally. Probably too much to the point where it's starting to run together now. Oh, yeah. Uh, in my mind. Yeah. Have you listened a lot? I listened to it a lot, but I was also listening to a lot of Samson this week. Ah. So I don't know why I just started listening to it. <laughs> I really like it, too. It's pretty good. And I've been listening yeah. to a lot of Pearl Jam and Radiohead. The... Um, yeah, so my take on the album now, I mean, break it down piece by piece, but I mean, it's kind of a bit of a, like a spaghetti in my mind right now. It's just, I've just you listened over, to it so overdosed much. on Power I did Slave. overdose on it to the <laughs> point where like, I went through that, you know, where you say a word so many times it loses meaning. It's just like, like the rhyme of the ancient mariner went from one of my, you know, favorites to, to by the end I was like, ugh, this is too long. And it just made no sense. And too many uh, repetitive listens. Yeah. And it's funny because you think... Like, uh, it's it's funny, I almost use an eating analogy. I was like, I need to make sure I listen to it so many times. Because remember, the debate we had coming into this was how do we do Power Slave Justice? Also, it's been done. It's been out there. Everybody knows the album. Um, and I thought, you know, like, I've got to make sure I just know every note. Yeah. And then... See, I didn't listen to it that much because yeah. I'd listened to it so many times in my life. I know all the songs. Yeah. I just kind of went through it a few times. And there's a couple of, like songs there where I kind of noticed stuff that I never really noticed before yeah. and I kind of went back and listened to like Flash of the Blade a few more times yeah. back the in the Duelist. village yeah. although yeah. the Duelist is one of my favorite Love it. Maiden songs so Me too. I knew that one inside out that's the funny that's when you realize you're one of those douchebag music fans where you're like oh this B-side song or this song wasn't a single <laughs> yeah. or never played live that's the best song on yeah. the album yeah sure it is yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like really no it's not it's not Two Minutes of Midnight it's not Ace of Science it's not Power Slave it's definitely the duelist. That's that's the music snob in you. I do love those longer. Uh, anyway, we'll get into yeah. that one. We'll get into through it. We'll the break album. it down yeah. track by track. Any news in Maidenland? Uh, we got a good. Well, let's get a beer on the go first oh, because we'll I'm very thirsty. Absolutely. And uh, oh, I know what know what today is. What's that? It's a very special episode of the podcast. We're uh, recording it on the Ides of March. The Ides of March. That's right. I'm not even sure what that is. It has something to do with the moon and Romans. <laughs> no, wasn't the Ides of March beware the Ides of March? It was the yeah, that's when Julius Caesar was killed. Yeah. But that's all I know. 15th of March. So There you go. It's a maidenly instrumental date. <laughs> so, Great song. Uh, here we go. Go. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted all right, we have today, we have a uh, Patrick's Pale Ale left it's over from St. Patrick's Day yeah. coming up in a few days. So. Yeah, it is. And this is, they've done a big batch and prep for it. So this is from the Yellow Belly Brewery, which we've done before. Uh, Pale Ale, 5.6%. It's pretty good, I hear. Oh, listen to that kick. <laughs> if that stopper that. wasn't... Yeah. I'll do... Uh, You'll have to edit that down. I've heard anyone's listening to this in earphones. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> like, I was deaf. listening to this podcast, and they, and they popped a beer, and now I'm deaf. <laughs> can you imagine? Spike. Well, I'm, I'm sure I can uh, can take care of it. Yeah, I'll be all right. Anyway. Um, I like their regular pale ale. 
So I'm not sure how this one's different, but we'll see. Yeah, well, it was expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it was twice the price of normal pale ale, plus it's got St. Patty's Day. Mm. This is delicious. Isn't it excellent? Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, we're sitting here now recording in my loft, as we normally do, and we have on the wall the canvas print that you gave me, the Talking Maiden cover logo. Oh, yeah, it's our uh, our cover art from the, yeah. whatever you call it. Well, from our podcast, from the our podcast. website cover art, yeah. the, the picture of the Eddie with us dead. With your head and me it's, dead. It fits well there, Yeah, and we'll Instagram or, or tweet a picture of it at some stage. It'll get out there into the into the ether. You got me another canvas right behind you. Oh, the right. best trooper ever. Yep, it's the Eddie from the. Uh, Was that the Maiden England? England. But that's yeah. the but that's a reissue, isn't it? That the reissued Maiden. Yeah, the England, tour right? poster for the yeah, tour poster. Yeah. yeah, but that's when we did the singles. I picked that out. I think it's the Eddie they spent the most time on. Well, well, that's pretty cool. It's like the regular Eddie, but he's on a horse, and there's yeah. Cool. Like and you said at the time it looked a little too graphic or No, I was talking about the Book of Souls, Eddie, holding oh. the heart. I thought I oh. like the one from the album cover better. Yeah, which is true. You can tell, and that's behind me, and that's well, I'm looking back. You can tell from that poster that they put on the Book of Souls with the, the with the heart. That that's the that's the that Eddie is only shown on the uh, poster, isn't it? Like it was a a gif online before it's not on the inside of the album cover i don't believe it's a, oh it's a live chapter cover right yeah yeah um but um and they used it in like some promo stuff they did yeah. but, but you me, can tell the details not there yeah like the album it's, cover the yeah. wilkinson album cover book of souls is like just classic i love that's it right yeah i love those classic ones where it's just like eddie's face and says iron maiden like the first that's why the first album cover was my pick when we mm. counted down the cover art the very first album was my favorite Oh, amazing. So what do you make of the beer? First impressions. Oh, I love it. It's really good. Deadly. It's different from the regular pale ale. Mm-hmm. Just as good. I can't, I'm not sure if I like it as much or better. Deadly. Lots of beer stuff on Twitter with Robinsons and that, but you also had some feedback. Oh, yeah, from speaking of Twitter, Twitter, we got a tweet yeah. from a guy named James Frazier. Cool. And he said, he liked our Dance of Death episode, thought it was funny. Yeah. He thought we were too hard on To Tame a Land when we were doing our album closers. Yeah. <laughs> And then he wrote back his top five album closers, which I'm going to go through pretty quick. He uh, he said that he did his list different from ours, where he did his, he said that an album closer is a song so epic or unique that any song played directly afterwards would be swallowed up and forgotten about. So that's Ooh, kind of cool. That's a good take because we, and you know what, and that kind of ties in, and that ties into Rhyme and the Ancient Mariner, which we'll talk about in, in this episode, but... Yeah. That's a different take on it because I think at the time, just off the top of my head, we were reflecting, we were seeing something that kind of summarizes the theme of the album, bookends it. Yeah. And I think that's where we were at. And we talked about a few of them that were disjointed and not in line with the theme. And I think his first, you'd said to me, I think... Or his number five, yeah. What is his number five? Empire of the Clouds. Which I think we didn't really... We haven't broken down the souls. We talked about it a lot. Yeah, we both love that. You remember, that was my favorite song on the album for yep. a while I went out in, in Ottawa that time yeah you found trip. those two uh, yeah and that's 12 story. singles of it exactly yeah. where I got this, the, the two vinyls for us there's only 5,000 copies of them but that was and I love that vinyl mine's still in plastic I'm afraid to open it yeah. I love I gave that graphic I mine to both sides it was pretty cool yeah and I actually I haven't listened to the to the B side of that because that's a Bruce interview right yeah it's pretty cool too so he's but that was one where we said that 
it was kind of at a step with the theme of the album, but it fits with what he's saying, which is that you yeah, couldn't exactly. really follow it. So yeah. that's actually an excellent yeah, choice. Yeah, you couldn't song. really put it anywhere else on the album. And I love that song, so I'm, I'm with him. Five, so he says I'm it's the most song. unique song excellent. in Maiden's catalog, ambitious, and it works. It does. And he says he doesn't piano. think he could that he could have ever pulled this off in the 80s. It requires maturity and gravitas that the band only achieved in their latter career. That's awesome. Which is now kind that, of true. That sums it up perfectly. My one criticism to his point, that should yeah. be number one now. I haven't heard the other four, but that, yeah. he's dead right. Like I completely agree. That's awesome. Number four, he picked Journeyman. Oh, Journeyman's good. I yeah. loved it. So uplifting. Awesome. The lyrics are so retrospective that they briefly convinced me that the band were going to call it quits. And I was okay with that because this track would make a fantastic career closer, which is yeah. kind of true. Yeah, and when we broke it down, like I, I love that song. Yeah. And it actually hangs with you in a really good way. Yeah. I didn't put either of those songs in my top ten, I don't think. <laughs> Man, and then he we, said, "If we redid it now, we'd get a complete." It's true. It's true. We listen yeah. to the stuff, and then yeah, yeah. Go on. Uh, for number three, he said, "Hallowed be thy name." He said, "Say, say no more." You can, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, exactly. It's probably, true. but we've already talked about how this is probably our top three made songs. Number two, he said, "To tame a land." Yeah. He said, "I love Dune. I love Maiden. I love the Eastern style melodies of the track. Vocals intense, and the bass line drives the whole thing like a space trader whacked out on the spice." Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. like great Dune. Quest. That's deadly. Which is. Yeah. Uh, I was a big Dune fan, the, I think. I read the yeah. first three Dune novels when I was like in junior high. Yeah. And I remember I really, really liked them. Did we get into that on the podcast? You were talking. I we believe. mentioned, I think. I was can't that remember. on air or off here? I don't know our conversations are online or not. <laughs> we did mention that it was. You said they Dune, didn't have that. They reached out to Dune. They reached out to Frank yeah. Herbert. I think it was the Herbert, guy, yeah. the, the author. And he said he didn't like heavy metal. He yeah. said no. So that it was originally called Dune, that song. Yeah. They changed I it. I need to rewatch Dune, Blade Runner. You should read the book, Dune, because the, the movie. Don't. Ugh. I'm not reading a book <laughs> you don't I don't have books. time I'm not going to sit there for 8 hours and then try and go around and try to find people to talk to to prove the fact that I read a book come on his number one album closer was Thin Line Between Love and Hate which I had pretty high on my list too oh, that's excellent yeah, he said I stuck th- stuck with Maiden through Fear of the Dark I stuck with them through the Blaze years I was ecstatic when Bruce and Adrian came back nothing prepared me for how great the song is the final two minutes are my favorite passage of any Maiden song and the vocal of My Soul Will Fly gives me goosebumps every time that's a true fan yeah. right there. And what's, that's, his, what's his yeah. name? James Fraser. James Fraser. Or true Fraser. Fan. Fraser that's or awesome. Fraser? I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, you know, when you hear him describe it like that, I'm like, that's, that's my top five. And then I pull him out. I can't remember yeah. wherever our lists are. In I know. Docs. Like, he has a good list, but his yeah. his reasons are like different, bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty good. Yeah. But that's cool. I love I love that song. That's Dave Marie wrote yeah. that song, I think. That's it's awesome. Probably his, one of his best songs. And God. then he had another thing in here, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. He, uh, had a topic that we should do in a future podcast. He said best and worst lyrics by album. So you pick an album, you pick the best lyric and the worst. Because we remember making fun of I danced and I pranced. Yeah. How horrible that was. And he was saying, uh, for every thought-provoking lyric like blood is freedom stain from Two Minutes Midnight, there's yeah. a matching one like cunning fox in the chicken's lair from Run Silent, Run Deep. Yeah. It makes you cringe every time you hear it. So that's pretty cool. Love getting feedback. That's a good point. And that's uh, actually a really, really good idea. We should do that very soon on podcast. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. So we don't even have to do that as a full episode. Yeah. We could just do, we could each pick like five and do it at the beginning of the episode. Oh, and we'll then like a couple episodes later, we'll just bring that up as a recurring thing. Yeah, but no one else will have like three beer and it'll take like a week and a half. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> that's good too. That's good. Anyway, that's great. This guy uh, emailed us, James Fraser. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, with the lyrics, the reflection on that too was, you know, I go through the lyrics when we do the review of the album. In some cases, like, there are lyrics, especially with the vinyl now where you have it in front of you, where 
you thought a lyric was something different. And, yeah. and then you realize, like, also when you read them, some of them are so campy and you never even noticed it. But also, they're always playing on that line anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great one, actually, because yeah. you could pull out a few jams. But anyway, that's a great email. Yeah. Yeah. That, wow, wow. You know what? Should we ever revisit our lists? Should we publish them and make them dynamic? I don't know. Cause... No, nah, man. I think we just like... You know what I was leaning into the You other do an episode and whatever you feel, you just say it. We haven't done it. the... I'm not going to go back and be like, I can't believe I said that. I want to change it. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the thing. It's dynamic, right? You're like Your tastes change. Like yeah. one, one year, you're like, oh my God, every meat we eat has to be smoked. The next year, you're like, sous vide. The next year, you're like, ah, McDonald's. <laughs> whatever. But do you know what a, a song that hit me the other day that I was leaning into? What? Since when we talked about in the previous podcast, I got in Vivo and Final Frontier, and I bought them... Because specifically, you were like, they're way better than you think. Yeah. And Matter, Life, and Death, and Book of Souls, you gave so much time for. Yeah. And then I, I started listening to it. And remember, the Satellite 15, and we talked about the live thing. Yeah. That whole album is good. It's like... The song, The Final Frontier, is yeah. great, too. I just... Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's just that intro. I told you that I have, like, yeah. a, a version I made of that album, where I cut a lot of the intros down. When I first got it, I was like, I don't want to get into this now, because we're going to do the album eventually. Yeah. But, like... I was like, all these songs are too drawn out. There's too many intros and stuff. And yeah. I made this version where I like cut the songs down a bunch. Yeah. In like a sound editing thing, I took a lot of the intros out, and just and I listened to that a lot at the beginning, and that's really what got me into it. And then I went back and listened to the full ones. Yeah. And it was kind of like hearing like an extended mix of them because I wasn't used to hearing them. And uh, I think that's what made me such a huge fan of the album. And also the Talisman extended to like 47 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did set that up. Yeah, and we we need to do that one soon ish because i think there's you know it's one of those that you'll dive in love obviously the cover i'm I'm not gonna love but it's so funny because i've been listening to no prayer at work a lot lately i don't know why it's just it's just been there in my playlist i'm queuing it up i have uh book of souls in my truck now i might and then i've been listening to power slave around the clock and i've been listening to a lot of killers i'm wearing my killer shirt right now well i listen to killers a lot this week and song like i was driving in the car and i was like listening to the song I totally forgot how awesome the song is. I always, yeah. the song's Purgatory. That's right. And I was like, man, I forgot how awesome the song is. And then I was listening to it all and I was like, everything on this album is amazing. And now yeah. I can remember that used to, for like 15 years ago, that was for two or three years in a row, that was my favorite Maiden album. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of looking back and I'm like, well, maybe the first one's better. Yeah, I listened to it this week good. and Killers is amazing. Killers is so good. And also yeah. we, we talked about, um, I think we compared all the singers, you know, um, what was it running free? I think it was. I don't know. Anyway, yep. we, we had in la, in, la, in a podcast a couple of weeks gone by, and now like now Killers has gone up so much in my mind, and Power Slave because I've overanalyzed it has dropped a little because Power Slave yeah. has always been like the pinnacle of Maiden for me. Yeah. But as I break it down now, and then like Dance of Death when we did that it went up, and then like No Prayer I love that anyway. But then Book of Souls is coming out of Final Frontier. Essentially, my takeaway from this right now, and I'm not, I'm not making a declarative statement. It's just kind of a, a comment on our journey and part of this podcast. Is that it's like I remember when I really got into Irish whiskey, and there was months I didn't like Irish whiskey that much, and I was drinking other stuff, and then like I loved Irish whiskey again. Like it's the same thing with you albums. make yourself sick of stuff. Yeah. Well, and and not only that, you get in moods. But like, I've been listening to Killers lately, and yeah. I'm just like losing my mind. Yeah. And I never got it when you guys. Well, if you ever get it. super depressed, listen to the X Factor. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> That album's super dark. It All is. right. All right. Carry on. Yeah. Where are we going? So, uh, What's next? Oh, yeah. Before we get into Power Slave. Yes. 
Last week we did our projections for the set list, and I said that Hallowed Be Thy Name will never. I was like, it'll never be on it because of the lawsuit. But well, the lawsuit's settled now, so Hallowed Be Thy Name. Yeah, it's possible it'll come back on the set list. So when we teed up the Legacy of the Beast, uh, I set ruled list, that out. I was like, there's no way they'll yeah. play that. I put it in. I think I put it in my dream. You did, didn't I? Yeah. But so it's actually on the. And you wonder if they didn't. Ooh, is that a hot take? Did they actually settle this to have it on the? Because if they just settle this, let's just say... They settled it for 100,000 pounds, plus they had to pay their fee, legal fees and the other guy's legal fees. <laughs> yeah. It came up to 900,000 You know Steve pounds. Harris was like, wait, no, I just checked my car, I have 100,000 pounds, and it's all... <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll just pay. But no, let's, let's, let's be honest now. They just settled that. That's a lot, lot of just, money, though, for... Like, it is a lot of money. It makes, makes That's my angry. point. If they settle that, don't you want to play it right away as a statement? Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, I could see that. So yeah. that makes that to me that increases yeah. the pro. Uh, if you were to say it removed the lawsuit to be, I just, put it in there as yeah. a fifty-fifty. I'd say it's a seventy-five now. The fact that this whole thing with the lawsuit just every time I talk about it, I get pissed off because I'm like, no one's like, oh, I've heard that song "Hallowed Be Thy Name" a bunch of times. It's okay. I don't really like it very much. And then they like, oh, I read the lyrics and these these four lines that they took from this other. They he did lift the lines from it. But yeah. I'm like, people don't love "Hallowed Be Thy Name" because of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could be singing anything there. It's just an awesome song. I just it's don't a tiny, understand. tiny thing. It is. And the guy, but they're making it sound like I co-wrote the best song, and that's why Maiden's so popular because of are they? And it's like they didn't take the music, they didn't take anything. It's an amazing song. They happen to put four lines from one of your crappy songs in it, and now they do deserve, I think, some kind of credit. Yeah, you know I'm what I mean. Play, I'm gonna, I'm gonna counter yeah. this. So hold on, and yeah. so this is what pissed me off too is uh, the guy uh, McKay brought the lawsuit. Said Steve Harris and Dave Murray have been deceiving Iron Maiden fans for decades as to what they say they have written. I expect further claims to follow. Look, when you are fighting, because they settled, so when you are about to enter a legal agreement like this, you're going to make your case as strong as possible. So he's going to be like, this four lines is what made Maiden big, because he's trying to. All, all they're doing at that stage is they don't want to go to some you know, hippie judge or some long, drawn-out process whereby... They can get some small minor tax on everything that, well, it's uh, 1% of their set catalog that gets played. So therefore they get 1% of Maiden. It's, you know, that can happen in a court. So yeah. what they do is they create a reasonable risk and then they settle and avoid the process. And the 100000 what they paid them, which means that by that $100,000, if Maiden is worth uh, what? Let's just say the Maiden brand plus earnings plus all of it. Let's say it's worth 200, or, uh, 200 million. Okay. Who knows? Let's just say it's there. That just shows you, based on how they settled, they're not stupid, that what that contribution was worth, which was insignificant. It's like yeah. a fraction of a track, but a major track, which is what it was. Now, I wonder why they lifted it so literally, like like they used it word for word. That is concerning. Steve Harris, in the court case, he said that they were under t- uh, time restraints to write this album. Yeah, He put those lines in as placeholder lyrics. And then it rushed to record it, and you never got a chance to hear. Yeah, but that comes back intending. to our whole debate this whole time. Like, oh, this cover album was a placeholder. That, like, why? Like, maybe they are in too much stuff. Maybe there are too many tours. Like, you know, oh, this is a this is a demo of the cover art. Let's use it. Oh, this is a placeholder of the album. Like, let's use it. Oh, we we didn't get a chance to remix those tapes when we lost the original. Like, there, there seems to be. Like, Maiden to me is incredibly polished, but it, it seems like when we dissect it, there's a bit of rushing there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's a lot of timelines and stuff, and. They only have like a few months. I feel like Rod Smallwood puts them on a schedule and then he's just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Stick to it. We're not having any delays. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But But between like, okay, so 
Steve Harris is a stickler for what is made and what isn't. You're in the band, you're out of the band, okay. all that stuff. But then we have like Brave New World. We have like on the cover art, we broke it up before. We have these obvious issues. You have these lyrics which she put as a placeholder, which got, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, an interesting. But then they yeah. also toured with Beckett, and they were friends with Beckett. Yeah. And he said that that their album was like one of his favorite albums when it came out. So it's not like you know what I mean. Mm. I almost think I think it's just like back in the day. It's like Zeppelin with all their songs, right? Like you just write a song, you grab this, you grab that, you put it together. It's enough for your own that you don't bother to like credit people. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's more like what happened. Mm, fair enough. You know what I mean? I'm not here to knock Iron Maiden. I'm here no, to celebrate, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Power Slave, Let's the album. The fifth album. Wait, 1984. No, I need, to, need to pour up a new yeah, drink. top me up, too. Oh, you want some? I don't know if there's enough there for you. All right. Oh, damn it. You got more of it. So, Power Slave, yeah. Mm. Uh, coming off of Peace of Mind. Peace of Mind, one of their best albums, too. Yeah. Beast, Peace of Mind, and then this. It's quite the uh, albums to string together. Second album with the band as it was for that era. Right, yeah. Bruce Dickinson yeah. replaced Diano. Yeah. Then they had Number of the Beast. Then Nickel McBrain replaced Clive yeah. Burr. Then Peace of Mind. Yeah. Then Power Slave. Yeah. And Dennis Stratton too was replaced before yeah. Killers came out. So this is their first their first time they had a second album with a stable one. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. So other than Yannick, this is the band. This is the yep. band. This is so the this band. is their first Peace of Mind, which is awesome. We yeah. haven't broke it down. It's amazing. But this is, yeah, they're in the zone. This yeah. is you know yeah. Yeah, I would say they're firing on all cylinders. Fifth album, <laughs> teed up, ready to knock it out of the park. Yep. Power Slave does that, so what's your lead in? And Martin Birch produced it. He did Killers right up to Fear of the Dark. Yeah. I think after that, X Factor was somebody, Nigel Green and Steve Harris did it. Mm-hmm. So the, Martin Birch, everyone says, that's the classic main production too, right? So it's like a classic lineup of the band and the production. So anyway, it was... And so, it's kind of cool because you saw that clip of the last show in Germany of the Peace of Mind tour. Yep. So at the end of Same Iron Maiden, they kill Eddie and they rip his brain out. Yeah. And uh, I read in uh, one of the books I was reading, what's his name? Steve Newhouse's book? Yeah. He said that they had it all planned out ahead of time. Yeah. So they took Eddie down. They killed him. They, uh, Dave Murray, like, cracked the head off his guitar and, like, stabbed Eddie with a neck of his guitar which almost killed the guy inside he missed him by like four inches no way yeah <laughs> and uh, I read that in his book his book's really good it's called uh, Loopy World it's it's a cool book he was in their crew and it's uh it's the guy who almost got stabbed no no this is one of the guys <laughs> that was in the crew during like the yeah. right from the beginning up until Power Slave a little and right into the I think the World Slavery Tour is when he anyway it's a really interesting book and anyway it's cool they killed Killed off Eddie. Eddie was dead. And they're like, that's it. Eddie's dead. And, and then, it makes sense. In a straitjacket, Eddie's hardly threatening. But it is a yeah. funny dynamic. But anyway, can't, can't. So they kill him. Yeah. No more Eddie. Yeah. Then this album's coming out and they start showing all this like Egyptian stuff. You know, it's all Egyptian imagery. Mm-hmm. And then you have the reincarnated Eddie as the in the sarcophagus. And then the mummy Eddie. I think but it's a cool is... way. They killed him and then they yeah. like, they're like, Eddie's dead. But then they're like, well, he's back. In mummy form. <laughs> I can't wait till you break down the, the individual songs we start doing clips because the Egyptian theme yeah. doesn't run deep for me, but keep going. The Egyptian theme I thought was pretty cool though because yeah. you can do so much with it in their promo stuff. And, and not only that, stuff, the right? power slave imagery and the mask that you have and all that, yeah. it's just, it's, it is iconic made. To me, it's, 
I would probably say that, that the power slave Eddie is as iconic, maybe, as the killer's Eddie. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Because there's two. There's the mummy and then there's the one that has the, yeah. the pharaoh's, whatever you call it. That's not yeah. a sarcophagus. What do you call the headdress thing? Yeah, it's like the sphinx. It's like a mask. Yeah. yeah. But it's the sphinx only. It's been... Mummy. But it's great for like the stage design. Yeah. It's awesome. Deadly. It's really cool. And it is a classic... like. Yeah. That's the Sphinx, isn't it, that has that? No, the Sphinx is the lion body. I know, and it but does the have Sphinx that as has, head. That, yeah. has that, yeah. has that yeah. you know, Yeah, like, uh, where's your... going on. Where's your... The cover art's over there. Right. So you see on the front there's, like, the Sphinx, there's two Sphinx on the side of that. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see there's the two Sphinxes. Yeah. To the, the side of Eddie. What is that? It's like a headdress thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what you call it. I don't know much yeah. about uh, Egyptian... It's actually quite kind of amazing when you look at it. I don't know if, it's cool. I'm, how historically accurate it is, but the fact that that headdress kind of... Like exposes the face but covers the head and around yeah. the back and makes the head look bigger, which is well, more dominant. Egyptian going Egyptian is, is like so much cool imagery just to be able to pull in into your stage yeah. set and to your like. And on that note, t-shirts. They like you can read video like videos online. You don't even know you know these days like what's true or not. But there is not really an archaeological consensus on how the pyramids were even created. There are all these theories. Yeah, I've heard Joe Rogan talk yeah. about it on his podcast a lot. It's pretty amazing. That they're there, right? And, you know, the British discovered them. Like, <laughs> like, swept away a bit of sand. Hello, these dunes. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing. But also it's amazing they had the society that, like, prepared for the afterlife like that. But also they had... Think about a world where... I, I bet if you were to scan all of the area around it or to dig down or whatever because it's shifting sand. They do have that technology now where yeah. they, it's almost like you can do an X aerial x-ray of the ground and yeah. penetrate down. And they found something down in South America. I wasn't really paying attention to the details. They oh, found I saw all that. These, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they, in, in South America, they, yeah. they, they, that's basically like the, uh, what's it, the Incan empires and, or is it the Mayan one? I don't know. Uh, they, but that's where they, they found all the roads. But that's where I was going. Like if you can pack stones that type tight in a pyramid, you can have an amazing road network. I mean, the aqueducts that the Romans built were the yeah. same kind of concept. Like, they yeah. are so good with... Like, they cut stones like we would fit together plastic. Yeah, like you can't... You know? They say you can't slide a piece of paper between two of the stones. Is that... Yeah, they're watertight is what yeah. they say, yeah. So, uh... I digress. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So they came off of Peace of Mind. Yeah. They went to this island, island of Jersey in the English Channel. And they took over this hotel that was closed for the season. Yeah. And it's like on these cliffs overlooking the English Channel. And it's pretty isolated. So they weren't really distracted. And that's where they went to write Peace of Mind. I read that, that book I was just talking about, the Steve Loopy Newhouse book. He was there in the hotel and he tells a bunch of stories. And I keep reading like they, they went to this isolated hotel and they worked on the album. But apparently it was like, you know, they'd work one day. The next day they'd go off, like have a few pints, play some pool. Like they were... It wasn't like they had their nose to the grindstone, but they were having a decent time. Wait, no, for, for this album? Yep. Oh, you said Peace of Mind. Before. No, it was after Peace of Mind. Oh, after Peace of Mind. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So sorry, they went sorry. here to write... Yeah, oh, okay, after Peace of Mind. Yeah, yeah. after the tour ended, they came here. Yeah. Well, they also wrote the Peace of Mind album in this hotel. Same place, yeah. Yeah. So they kind of had their... Did you say down. it was a channel album? Yeah. 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 Jersey. Oh, Jersey. Yeah. Okay, I have family from there, funny enough. So yeah. I read an interview with Adrian. He said that Someone asked him, was this album more work than Peace of Mind? And he said, sort of the same. We had a process set up. We'd go to Jersey and rehearse for a month or six weeks, then go to the Bahamas for a couple of months, then go mix it. It was about the same three months. So that's a huge difference between like the Will Malone album where they recorded it in 10 days, the first album. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they're kind of got their thing down now where they go for a few weeks and 
Then down to the Bahamas. So yeah, they go down to the Bahamas to Compass Point Studios in Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah. To record. Uh, they record a Peace of Mind Power Slave there. And they did. They stayed there and they did, did Somewhere in Time. And I think they went to Germany for Seventh Son after that. Mm-hmm. And then they went back and did Final Frontier there in 2010. So cool. this Compass Point Studios. This is from the same interview with Adrian. He's like, it was a fantastic environment. In some ways, to work, it was beautiful. We had apartments right on the sea. The studio was right there. It was very isolated. Every now and then, we'd get what we called island fever. We had to go into Nassau and party for a couple of days. But we did manage to get quite a, quite a bit of work done amongst all the fun. So they weren't, yeah. I'm Can sure it was hard work. if there was like a debate? They come back drunk yeah. and they're like, you know what? We've had such a great time here. This is our second album yeah. in Jersey. Let's call this album Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they were, yeah, in the Nassau, in Nassau, Bahamas, recording this album. And apparently it was like quite the, the party on the go. There was like all kinds of rock stars coming through, like... So, because oh. yeah, ACDC recorded back back in black and flick of the switch there. Back in black there, right? yeah. Did and you know David is... Bowie, Judas Priest, Rolling Stones did albums there. Tragically Hip did in Violet Isn't Light. Back there. in Black, the number one al- selling album of all time. Could be maybe it might be the number one rock album of all time. I don't know. It's up there. It like, like I would assume it it's be always like Michael you, Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. Or when you pick like the that. best rock album, like obviously, like Dark Side always seems to win. It seems like you know because everybody who who picks these lists is fifty and remembers tripping balls. But that Back in Black has that unique thing where apparently it's sold more than anyone. Yeah. It's like 50-something, 70-something million albums. Like, it's crazy. Anyway, yeah. I should have this facts, but I didn't know that was coming up. But it's a big yeah. album. ACDC's yes. biggest album, I'd say. Oh, oh, my God, yes. One of the biggest albums of all time. But carry on. So I was reading about uh, Compass Point Studios. I was just looking at some of the albums that were recorded there. And I saw... It, on Wikipedia, it says it was closed in 2010 due to a series of unfortunate incidents. <laughs> so then I started looking that up, and I found this discussion board for like sound engineers. Yeah. Uh, this guy Terry Manning, who was the manager of Compass Point, yeah, posted on it like years ago. Back this is like back when they closed down. And he says uh, a series of incidents had occurred in the recent past, which made it untenable to continue doing business in the Bahamas. All involved agreed that we could no longer bring our friends and clients into an atmosphere which we knew to be threatening. All incidents will remain remain private at this time. Ooh. So, I was like, and then I was Googling and Googling, and I was like, i got to find out what happened, but I can't find it, it anywhere. It has to be on the internet somewhere. It's not. I looked, I scoured the internet trying to find out. So, anyway, it's a resort now. You can go down and stay at. And they still have, like, you know, musical stuff on the walls and so track one, Aces High. Track one, good. Aces right. High. Now the the single cover, the classic, yeah. Eddie and the Fighter Jet. Love it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Derek it, Riggs. Yeah. Yeah. It's deadly. Yeah. They put a lot of effort into that first single. So do you think that Aces High, along with the Trooper and Run to the Hills, is like one of their most recognizable solos? I would actually debate that Two Minutes of Midnight stands out more from yeah, this album in some right. ways. Um, but Aces High for me is huge. Do you know what totally changed Aces High for me? What? Um, when you said to me about probably about eight or ten years ago, you're like every time because I remember I was flying so much for work. Yeah. yeah. For seven years in a row, I flew over a hundred thousand miles for work. Um, so much I was flying all the time, all around Europe and and North America. And you said every time, like, because they always that's a stupid thing too with airlines. They make you take off your earphones. They're like, oh, you need to be able to hear. Right. I'm like, what if you're deaf? Like, it doesn't make the fucking, like, you can't assume. Anyway, but I actually asked a flight attendant about that once. 
and she said that it's not because you have to be able to hear or anything. They said if something happens on takeoff or landing, you need to evacuate the plane. Having earbuds is like a people get tangled up. Oh bullshit! Tripping. Well, that's what she said. That's bullshit. their bullshit. No, that's what they. They tell don't people. want you to enjoy because they hate it. Like just like everybody who has yeah, a. But job. I actually asked her. Asked the yeah. flight attendant that, and that's what she told me. I'm always doing this slide thing. I wait. I, I had them all timed because I was flying I got so much, one in. I just I just have them down, and then when they'd walk by, I just put them on. I knew they wouldn't come back, and if they came back, I'd play ignorant <laughs> and grumpy. But um, you said to me every time you take off, listen to Ace Society, which is funny because. I just tee up the Power Slave album. Yeah. And you're right. It's perfect for taking off. And I'd always, like, if it's a little bit rocky, it's like you're in a battle of Britain, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty and, cool. Uh, but also, I'd end up listening to the whole album. But carry on. So, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It was number one for my list of album openers. It when was number that. one. That was my number one, yeah. I can't remember mine. So, an eighth. Mine was, that was two for me, wasn't it? I can't remember. It was one or two. Didn't I have, like... I can't remember my own list, so For I can me, just remember when Fear the Dark or, or Brave New Worlds. Like I can't remember. That, that kid's Wicker Man would be quicker; he'd be dead. I can't remember. I think he had maybe he did have Wicker Man. I can't yeah. remember. Ace is High is an awesome song. It is cool. It's amazing. I mean, like I had to rate these. Like I was like, oh, I'll do ratings like <laughs> nine or ten, man. Yeah, depending like, on what day of the week you yeah, ask me. Exactly. Yeah. Ace is High is perfect. There's nothing I change about it. It's an amazing album. Amazing song, sorry. If it disappeared from my memory, I'd be at a loss forever. It's one of the best songs that Maiden has. And it's one of the few songs that I know to pieces and have heard forever and don't get sick of. Which yeah, I true. would not say about Remedy H. Manor or uh, Two Minutes of Midnight. Ace is High is always good. It's always good. It's just perfect. So, 10 out of 10. It's there funny, you go. It's funny you say that because like there's a lot of people that they complain about that song online. They're like, the chord progressions are so predictable. Mm. And like, it's too symmetrical. They always mm. say it's symmetrical. They're like, it's an intro, a riff, mm. verse, chorus, solo, then a second solo, then verse, chorus. And they're like, it's shaped yeah. like a pyramid. It's blah, blah, blah. And they're like, there's no surprises. And I'm like, does it have to surprise you? Like, yeah. does every song have to surprise you? So like, do they ever was... listen to Led Zeppelin? Like, Led Zeppelin's just like awesome. So there's no, it's not like, oh, the song took a left turn. I wasn't expecting you can't, that. Like, oh, it surprised me too much. It didn't surprise yeah. me enough. It's like, Kate Upton got naked and she was too perfect. Like, get over yourself. <laughs> Come on. I know. And I mean, I don't know. People's, that's people's taste, I guess. They're just yeah. whatever. But like, it's a great song. And I don't think you can trash it too much. I mean, when we made fun of the Dance of Death, a lot of people were saying Dance of Death was their favorite song that yeah. we heard back from. And also, <laughs> this is the... This is the truth. Yeah. If you go to YouTube, go to the video for Weekend Warrior, mm-hmm. and there's multiple comments there saying it's their favorite Maiden song. <laughs> so you just can't account for people's taste, right? You like, cannot. People like what they like, and that's it. I gotta be honest. But anyway. It's, it's not... It's but not a lot top, of people do not complain. Not my top 10. <laughs> Weekend Warrior? No, not in my top 10. It's not in my top 100. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, and so on the back cover of the Aces High single, yeah. there's it's like the side of a, a Spitfire. Yep. Yeah. And, like, an, an ace in World War II was someone that had five kills, right? Or shot down five planes. Really? That makes you an ace, yeah. And so on the back of the of the Ace's High single, it's got a picture of the five uh, Eddies. Like, it has the first album, The Killers, The Beast, Peace of Mind, and then the Power Slave Eddie. With, like, lines through them. So it's like he shot down the five Eddies. It's kind of cool uh, detail on the back cover of cool. the single. Yeah, so I was looking up on uh, Aces, Fighters, or whatever you call them. Billy Bishop. Which guy's Billy Bishop? It's a Canadian. Oh, is he? I don't know about yeah. him. The top UK Ace shot down 38 planes. 
The top Russian ta- shot down 66. The top Canadian eighth shot down 31. Here's George Beerling. Wait, now is this World War II? Yeah. And the top German ace, Eric Hartmann, shot down 352 planes. Isn't that How crazy? Many? 352. Oh, <laughs> I got a badass. <laughs> well, not only that, the thing is his, his plane technology, too. Yeah. Like, Mostly over Russia, though. Yeah. So it wasn't in the. Like, we get these, Western we get these, front. like, fair playing fields, but, like, the Germans had better tanks yeah. than the Americans had. But this was over the German, yeah. over uh, the Russian front. I oh, think that's a, a Russian front. Okay. Yeah. But like a lot I, of them, I think. I can't remember. I read all about it. In front yeah. of it. <laughs> like, I, I, like there's stories of like the American jets were so much better than Japanese jets. It was like um, using a race car to chase like a go kart. Like, oh, yeah. like they were like they could easily get up on a right angle and just hammer the crap out of them. And then the other one was like the American. The apparently the what was the what was the uh, German tank. Was it the, the Tiger the, tank? Was it the Tiger tank or was it the Tiger the American one? No, the Tiger was the German. Yeah, well, apparently, like, they said, like, uh, a, t- a one ti- Amer- German Tiger tank was as good as five, yeah, Amer- five, five American yeah. tanks. But well, they said, but the Americans always had seven or eight. Yeah. Six or seven or yeah. eight. They just had so many. Yeah. Well, those Tiger tanks were Yeah, they're strong. heavily armored. They couldn't pen- yeah. they had to hit them from behind or something. I can't numbers. remember the details. Well, the Americans showed up with new kit, but that's a yeah. side story. I love World War II stuff, man. Yeah. So this is the, you know how they're like, uh, in the lyrics to Aces High, it's like bandits at eight o'clock move in behind us. Ten me one o nines out of the sun. Yeah, that's a Messer Schmidt BF one o nine. Okay. And then they're talking about uh, the spit, you know, the ascending and turning our Spitfires to face them. That's the Supermarine Spitfire. Yeah. So it's like the Spitfire. Although I think Hawker Hurricanes were more the more common plane Rolling to be used. Yeah, I know diving. it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was reading this and then I started watching like stuff about the. Uh, Battle of Britain. Yeah. And then I kind of went down like a rabbit hole watching World War II documentaries about the Battle of Britain. Like, like, you know what? The, the, the British, um, the, you, you know, even, like they've, they've always been really good at being able to summarize a moment. Like the, what uh, Winston Churchill did. Like, you yep. know, I mean, and, and actually, God, side rant, it t- ties into this, you know, Churchill's speech, like, you know, we'll never surrender at the start of the live album. Yeah. But that gets you, like, and it's as the anyone live in the concert. And they did you. that in the concert, too, right? Yeah, I mean, I get, as soon as, exactly. Oh, yeah. As soon as I, I talk about that, I get goosebumps. But remember what he said about the uh, about the Battle of Britain? He said, what, what was his line? He said, never in the hi- never in the history of the world have so, so uh, many, so many, so much to so, so much few. To so few. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, to sum it up, but you know that's World War Two. But the, 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 yeah, come on. <laughs> but anyway, this song is great. The lyrics are great. Like, great tune yeah. if you're taken off in a plane. Yeah. Especially well, not yeah. only that, if you love this song, but you well, don't really song like is, flying, yeah. it's a great thing for. But the song is so like yeah. frantic sounding. It's like because like in World War Two, the radar would detect like the bombers and fighters coming in, and they'd like scramble and get up and try to get them before they could get yeah. close to the targets to bomb. Right, and it's like this panic, and the sound of this. Like the riff and the the speed of it, just like it's so intense and like fr- frantic as the only word I can think of to like describe it, and just totally sums up. I, it, I don't know, like this is one of those songs where you really you feel the feeling of whatever the song's about by the. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's actually like yeah. the, you know, what you're saying is like the 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 riff and that it's like machine gun fire and acceleration. Yeah. Well, it's just okay. Well, this is. This is a clip. There's two things to no- notice. One is how awesome Adrian's background vocals are in the song when they do it live, which you never really notice. And Adrian does these like whammy bar dive things, and it totally sounds like a dive bomber diving. Yeah. And it sounds awesome. I'm just going to play this. this is really short. 
So I just love that. Like, it totally sounds like a bomber, like diving, or it it's just cool. It sounds like a fighter jet. And I don't know. I love the live after death version. Yeah. It's the first version of it I heard. Like I heard this before I heard the album version. So I don't know if I'm like biased just because that's the definitive version for me because I heard yeah. it so many times. But uh, I just love it. Yeah, people say Bruce sounds kind of strained sometimes on this song when he sings it on this. But like, I don't know, man. I think he sounds great on Live After Death. Did you ever in the Ed Hunter tour mm. when they did this? Uh, like sometimes live, he'll change up the melody of it a little bit just yeah. to make it a little easier to sing. But on the, in 1999, the Ed Hunter tour, when he came back to join Maiden before Brave New World, uh, Bruce was just like nailing the song. I have a clip of that too. first take he seemed out of breath on the first one he's really carrying it there i think yeah. he's also making a statement he's back oh yeah totally and man yeah. he just sounds great that's live in madrid so oh my god yeah. all these concerts you get live in madrid what a night that would have been i know so you're, if it, man, it's like imagine if you're like the guy from quantum leap but instead of like solving crimes, you're like, let's just go back in time and do drugs with crazy rock stars. I would watch that show all the time. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Anyway, Ace is high. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Awesome. The oh, like, the guitars, yeah. man. We didn't even talk about the guitars. So like that riff, the you know the running, scrambling, flying. Yeah. It totally sounds like a plane, like rolling and diving, yeah. and like it sounds like a dogfight. It's great. And this okay, the solo in this super memorable. And that's something I'm going to bring up again and again as we go through Power Slave. Mm. The solos are super memorable in this album. Yeah. All the solos are great. Like you can sing, the so- you can pick most of these songs and like yeah. sing but the solo to you. They're tight and concise too. Yeah. And this one's got the Dave Murray and then the Adrian finishing up the solo. Adrian does this cool like hammer on descending thing in it, yeah. which is like really cool. And the solo suits the song. Remember in The Longest Day, I was talking about how the solo in the longest day really sounded it really had like the spirit of the song yeah and you fe- really felt it this song i feel like that too like i can really feel like a, a dog fight it's like the frantic to get up in the air and then when they're up there it's you yeah. know the planes diving at each other and shooting each other it's just i love it yeah it's such cool. an insane concept yeah i know man hey it's like you now just, everything you're going takes, up in the plane everything everybody's now like, is, go yeah. for it you fly up there there's like so yeah. few and you... shooting each other with like these i think they each had like in each wing there's four 303 machine guns yeah and they're just like trying to get each other in sight and lead each other and like take them take each other out and like half these planes were made out of like so they're like this song we're talking about the spitfires yeah hawker hurricanes i think were the most common plane in the battle of britain and they were like wood and steel frames with like canvas over them that's right so you have these planes like shooting each other like everything now is fighter jets shooting from three miles away with a, some kind of missile and then they try yeah, to which has, yeah which has which has a trajectory thing yeah they're guided so yeah. they're like it's not like this this is like yeah. almost like a face-to-face duel almost in air yeah it's and like cool. they're, they're mostly using bullets yeah that are they're all using bullets that's that are actively aiming so like they have to point the plane yep 
and then they fire and like they're trying to lead pierce. and they're trying to lead too yeah, and you're you shooting ahead of where you think the plane's going to be by the time your bullet gets there yeah, and you said 303 yep so like that's literally like what we use to shoot a moose exactly yeah. but it makes sense because you're not going to use one of these giant shells which a you way can a lot. carry yeah you're going to carry yeah. way less right yeah and then what you're trying to do is you're trying to hit the pilot the gas tank or something in the fuselage that you can cause them to they're flying that to go right yeah so like a plane probably has all these vital organs and then these areas where bullets yeah. pass through and now you have an area where a wind's coming in. Yeah. No big deal. That's <laughs> no, pretty crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy when you think about it. It's That's insane. what it was like. Uh, one thing about this song, the drums. Nico, when he plays this song sometimes, I listen to a bunch of versions of this live, bootlegs. Nico tends to go crazy. He's kind of calmed down recently, but he plays it way too fast, man. It's like he gets jacked up and he just like pounds it out. I have a clip here of show from Boston with Maiden playing the song and I made this clip a while ago I can't remember exactly but I think there's a clip from the album and then the same clip from this live concert listen to how fast Nico is playing this it's it's almost unlistenable Yeah, it's like the, almost this, ruining the song. It's so yeah. fast. Like, you yeah, can't I mean, even pick out the riff. It's like... Bloop, bloop. But he talks about how he has this light system that tries to, to keep him on. Oh, track. maybe he does that now. Yeah. but uh, That's brutal. Well, yeah, that, that was that, from 1999. That's yeah. the same tour as the clip. That was Boston. But that's the same tour as the last clip I played with Bruce singing. I wonder if they all wired like that or they're all just getting super frustrated with them. I think there's a couple of clips I've seen online where Adrian like is kind of like looking back, down, yeah. doing wasted years a couple of times where he's, yeah, <laughs> he's just too fast. Yeah, so I don't know, but he, he seems to have, like I don't know if they've talked to him about it, but he seems to like have reined it in a little bit now. But uh, yeah, some of the versions that you hear in live bootlegs, way too fast. I heard a funny story. You saw that? Have you ever seen the video for this? Uh, yes. So the main video of them on their stage doing their live thing it's yeah. filmed it's not at a live concert but it's filmed on the live stage interspersed with all this like World War II footage of fighter jets yeah the other version is do you know who Camp Chaos are? no idea so do you remember back in the old days of the internet or I don't know what year this would have been there used to be these Metallica parody cartoons where it was like Lars and no, yeah it was Lars and James Hetfield yeah and remember, he was like, Napster are bad, no, I don't beer good. And it was just like parody thing. It was these guys, they got, Maiden got them to make these videos, mm-hmm. these versions of their videos. So they're animated. So in this video, it's like a cartoon. The actual band members are in this uh, bomber flying. And this Nazi fighter comes to try to shoot them down. And uh, it's interspersed still with like scenes of Maiden. But then like the power slave Eddie jumps out of the plane, jumps onto the cockpit and grabs the Nazi pilot and... The Nazi plane crashes, and you see the Nazi pilot coming down. This is all in the cartoon. 
And the cartoon is, and it's uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica in a Nazi uniform. <laughs> and he gives, no gives a finger to the camera. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. So I guess, I don't know if Iron Maiden, uh, I assume Iron Maiden approved of their, <laughs> I think that was some good natured. Uh, bit of ribbing. Ribbing for Metallica. Plus, uh, I thought that was really funny. If you go watch it, it's on YouTube. If you watch the Camp Chaos version of the Aces High video. Deadly. So, that's Aces High. So the yeah, B side. Yeah. Did you listen to the B side, King of Twilight? I did. Right. I broke it down. So Steve Harris was always into these like uh, prog rock bands, right? Like Yes and yeah. these technical bands. And this is one of those bands that he loved. Yeah, I'm not sure what this is all about though. It's like some weird drumming and humming and kind of. Yeah. Weirdness. Well, okay. So it's why really did do this is my question. Well, I think this is the stuff that this song in particular is a song I think Steve Harris like loved this band right back yeah. in the day. Like he loved this kind of music, so they covered it. So it's really prog rock sounding. Uh, this is a clip of the Maiden version. Just so you can hear, and the clip I picked is just so you can hear how like progressive rock it sounds. prog rock sounding but Maiden kind of put their own spit on it which is kind of cool um the original is like really dated sounding has like all these keyboards on it yeah so I got, I got a question with this yeah. like b-sides for me have always been about bands that like uh they either take a different spin on a song are you talking about reg- bands or are you talking about Maiden because Maiden b-sides about... are unlike any other exactly where I'm going with it yeah. so generally a b-side is something that didn't make an album or a different version of one on an album or something in the space yeah it seems to me like, and this, I break it down, it's like covers and weirdness, and they do, you know, there's Nico jokes Maiden and Nico speeches. B-sides are like, Why? they're either covers of songs that they like that yeah. they do a good job on. Like, they do a good job on this one. They do Massacre by Thin Lizzy. Right. They do some good ones. There's uh, joke ones where it's just jamming, and it's almost or like... Nico doing something. Yeah, or and Bruce's lyrics, like half those, Bruce, like, yeah, yeah he's just like joking around, like past, yeah. more like T, Vicar and stuff like that. Yeah. And even know. when they cover, they never do it with the full, the full entourage. It's like, yeah. a couple of people dominate. Like, no, that like, this there, is a full, like, this is the full band doing it. Yeah. And I think this one's one of their better covers. Like, it's one of their better ones. I don't know. It's like, it doesn't sound like a Maiden song, but it's not supposed to, right? It's a, it's yeah. a cover. It was a chore to listen to both the B-sides, because I tried to listen to them a few times. I, really, I don't mind this one too, too bad. I don't mind yeah, the Maiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original one's like, a lot harder to listen to. It's it's kind of different. Well, it's one of these in its things. Like way. when I listen to it, I'm like, why am I listening to this? It's like it's not a Maiden song. It might be a song they like, but they cover it. Yeah, but it's just cool to listen. Remember to. Remember the one where I know I don't listen. I'm not one of those people that knows all the B sides. I've heard them yeah. all, but like, and I kind of know them enough to kind of know what they sound like. Yeah. But other than Massacre, Massacre is like one of my that Massacre cover by Maiden, the Thin Lizzy cover. Yeah. I like I would put that if I made a mix of my favorite Maiden songs, I put that on there. I love that song. But all the time, but I love the original yeah. too. So all the live, all the time, because in in one of these B sides, they did number the beast live. All of the, I think this one or two minutes of midnight, but all of the stuff that they've got in their repertoire, 
that's chucked at the studio and all that access to all yeah. that. That's what us Maiden fans But Maiden like. doesn't have that until they get into yeah. the X Factor. X Factor is the only album where they recorded yeah. more songs than they needed. And then they had extra songs. Yeah. Right? Like, they usually go in and they just record their album. They don't have, like, oh, we just, this one didn't make the album, so it's a B-side. Okay. They kind of do these, like, throwaway tracks. You know what I mean? Mm, I don't know. It, 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 it kind of just Whereas other bands, I think they do... Mm. Okay, we need 10 songs for the album. We got 12. We'll record 12, and then they yeah, throw so we, two, and they become B-sides. Well, we broke down Matter, Life, and Death. And this is an area I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. an expert in this with the, with the production and, and how they do it. And then we talked about it in the early years where some of the original tapes were lost. And we said, what could be on those? And Matter, Life, and Death, they went in, and they just played it like a live album. Yeah. And, like, so sort there was of. some studio yeah. planning, and then there's editing. Yeah. And there was There's some guaranteed great stuff. stuff left on the cutting room floor. There has to be. Like, there's no way it's well, not. Well, alternate like, versions and stuff. alternate yes. takes of it. And that's what B-sides are about. Song. Not like, oh, we like this band well, and here's a shitty this cover. Is the thing like, too. is this Maiden or no? Yeah, but as it's we like, go through these Doctor, albums... Doctor, Doctor, it's in the space, but is it? it's not Maiden. Yeah. No, yeah. but I think... Imagine if there was another version of Ace is High, which was like totally different. That was... I don't know. I want to hear that. Well, there is ones like that. If you... Some of the Matter of Life and Death singles mm. have B-sides of studio versions. Live takes done in a studio. Fair. Which are of yeah. classics, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But the other thing is, as we go through these songs on the albums, I'm only talking about the main releases of the singles. I'm not talking about, like... Because I know there's a version of this Ace is High that has, I think, a number of the Beast Live. Sorry. And there's all different... You know what I mean? Yeah, number, so I'm, yeah. I'm like... I just kind of, like... It's actually a great recording. I really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, that's... Yeah. But imagine, imagine, like, if you were... So you're in there and you're like, oh, okay, we've got... Uh, we've got to release uh, Speed of Light. Uh, or you know I don't know Dance to Death or something yeah. some some where you're like well we're in the new wave and we want to bring people back get Bruce to record the Klansman in the studio or you know something that's like that that's not a bad idea actually like something like that well they did that with the 88 yeah. you know Prowler 88 and they all re-recorded studio yes, versions of yeah, the old ones yeah. yeah so that's what they did with that yeah that's right so you think and they need to be doing that again they need to be doing more of that and yeah, I mean that that worked for. Do you think that would be an insult to Blaze Bailey if you re-record the songs with? Uh, no, but I mean, when you do it on the B side, I mean, he already he already has it live and he has it out there, so it's out there live um, to do it in the studio. But also, like, you could not insult Blaze by just not replacing or by doing more than just the vocals. You pay, like give give Yannick a role or do just something that's more interesting, yeah, I hear what right? You're and like, uh, I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just yeah. thinking, yeah. Yeah, that that or you know, the, so make the three. What about this? When Maiden yeah. someday does break up, what if they yeah. grab all the stuff and they put out like a, a five album box set of all the unreleased takes? <laughs> How much would you pay for like if they went back and re-released all the albums and it's like this is Number of the Beast and also here's two bonus discs with like three or four versions of each song, different takes? We'd pay money for that. Oh God, we'd do anything. Beast, like, yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know how much of that stuff they have and how much of yeah. it they kept. I kind of feel like they have all that somewhere, like all these takes. I'm sure that wasn't just like deleted. I'm sure in the early days it was, but like I can't see. No. The matter of life oh and death. They said they did four or five takes of each song. Oh my god. And picked the best one and then did some overdubs on it. Yeah. I can't see those other four just being like gone. I just and I'd love to hear yeah. those. I assume, especially now with the polish around the band, I assume since like Brave New World, they've been saving their fingernail clippings. <laughs> like, I just have that feeling that that level of detail is there. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, these are the original mats that were used on Flight 666. You know, and this is the barf bags, and we have an exclusive original barf bag. I'd love to have Flight 666 barf bags. You would. Keep them in the gold Who would? care from when kids get sick. Anyway, this King of Twilight song, Nectar, this is like, I think this is an all 
all Steve Harris. Mm. It was his thing. I have a quote here from Bruce Dickinson. He said, Steve was into a lot of these technical bands like Nectar and Genesis, yes, and some more obscure Jethro Tull albums, which were very technical. And to me, all that stuff was just fiddling around. <laughs> so, so I have a feeling Steve Harris was like, we're doing this song because I love this song. Anyway, here's the ori- I'll just play a short clip of the original. You can hear how Maiden really did make it, like, maidenized it. So that's the original, which is like very proggy keyboardy. It's very, you know what I mean. It sounds. Yeah. I stand by my. The maiden version thing. is better. Yeah, is but it? that's the kind of stuff that Steve Harris is really both. Into. Both of which I wish I never heard. What? Yeah. That for that there's some really good bass playing on the maiden version. If you go back and listen to it and pay attention to the bass, there's really cool bass playing on it. Yeah. I stand <laughs> by my opinion. I just, yeah, we're talking about Power Slave and we're listening to that garbage. It's nonsense. How is that even in here? Anyway, how is this even... Well, we have to cover the B-sides. I get yeah. it. I know. Well, we're Power going through the album. Better. Power, yeah. We'll get to that one. In so... Two, in, in three years, the rate we're gone. Yeah, we're, we're past an hour already. Yeah. We're, we're, we might have to wrap it up now well, because... Power Slave is I don't want to be getting one. into two-hour episodes. Well, not only podcast. that, we can't rush this because it's... Yeah. I don't want to power through the Power Slave songs. No. So maybe we should wrap it up here. I know we only got one song of Power Slave done, but we did talk well, a lot about the recording and We stuff. did all the background. We haven't talked about the live. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we're going to get too much into the live. We'll we do a separate have. episode on that, Live After Death. But we'll That's true. touch on it. All right, That's well, true. let's wrap it up here. Okay. And we'll get into, I know, we uh, into part two of Power Slave in the next episode. That sounds good to me. We yeah. get to have another beer, though? We will, for sure. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to wrap this up. That's up for Power Slave. I wrap it up for part one of Power Slave. Part two, we'll get together right now in a couple of days yeah, and talking. record it. And talkingmaiden.com. Talkingmaiden.com. If, if you if you don't like Power Slave, please email us. <laughs> <laughs>